Hi, I'm Lynn. And I'm Jan. Welcome to the second season of Lamplighters Podcast. Lamplighters is a community that encourages women to grow in our faith through the study of God's Word. No matter who you are or where you are, no matter the time or experience you've had following Jesus, or if you haven't had any time or experience at all, we are grateful to be on the journey with you, and we look forward to becoming more of who God created us to be. Okay, Lynn, since we did a general introduction last week, let's just dive right in this week. What do you have for us? Okay, right. Um, Well, last week you started out with three things that you wanted us to know, that the Holy Spirit is a person, that the Holy Spirit is God, and that the Holy Spirit is a mystery. So today I want to explore that first point, that the Holy Spirit is a person. Okay. Now, I've already admitted to you that for a good portion of my life, I didn't spend much time at all thinking about the Holy Spirit. Um, But if I did, I can assure you that I never thought of Him as a person. I mean, His name says it all, right? Holy Spirit. Right. That Holy Ghost thing. Right. And when I think of a spirit, I don't think of a person. And when I think of a person, I don't think of a spirit. (laughs) However, it didn't take long with just a little bit of study that it became obvious to me that the Holy Spirit actually is a person. And I know that because it's written all over Scripture. Now, I just want to prepare you that I'm going to be throwing a lot of Scripture at you today. Some of it, I will just give the reference, and you can look it up later on your own. And others, I will actually read the verse. But I think it's really important to do that today um, because we need to understand that this is not just an opinion or an idea that I've come up with. It's an actual teaching throughout God's Word. Yep. Um, the Spirit is a person. And I always go back to Scripture when I want to know the truth. That's what grounds us. Exactly. Uh, in our faith. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. The Holy Spirit is often referred to as the third person of the Trinity. We've mm-hmm. all heard that. The Holy Spirit is God. He is his co-equal, co-existent, co-eternal with the Father and the Son. And that's in 1 John 5. In 1 Corinthians 3.17, the word Lord is used to reference Yahweh. And it says, the Lord is spirit. So the Holy Spirit is, just like the Lord, a person. He is God. In John chapters 14 through 16, Jesus talks about the Spirit as if he is talking about his personal friend. And he refers to him using the masculine pronoun he. In John 18, 7 and 8, I mean 16, 7 and 8, he says, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. And then Jesus goes on in verse 13 saying, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. I mean, that definitely sounds like a relationship. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit is not some sort of neutral, invisible spiritual power or energy that is somehow working in the world or a force that did things a long time ago. The Holy Spirit is a person alive and active. Since this is what we are told, I think it'd be a good idea to start this exploration with a 
definition of a person. And I know that sounds kind of silly, but, you know, let's see what we're talking about here. I'm not sure I've ever defined a person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so let's start, ahead. you know, we'll start with the obvious physical things. You know, a person is someone who has arms and legs, eyes, feet, hands, you know, all the basic parts. But we also know that's not really what makes a person. After all, there are plenty of animals out there that have the same physical characteristics and they're not people. So I want us to assume that when we say person, we mean someone who has their own identity or individuality and is a rational being. Mm. They are conscious of their own existence. A person can do relational things like speak, feel, think, and act. There are a lot of intangibles to being a person. That is a very interesting thought to me. What makes a person a person? It's not something I think about too Mm -hmm. often. But as I'm sitting here listening to you, two things have kind of popped out to me. The first is that the person has a will. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't operate simply by instinct or by our lizard brains at the base of our brain. Uh, but we can choose to do something of our own free will. We have agency, mm-hmm. as they say now. Mm-hmm. The second one is something I referred to last week, and that's the relational aspect of being a person. We are created in God's image, and so we're created to be in community, just like the Spirit is in community with the Father and the Son. And one essential aspect of that relationship is communication. It's really difficult to maintain a relationship with someone if you don't communicate, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Impossible, so, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. So for me, uh, the personhood of the Spirit is wrapped up in the fact that He has a will and He communicates. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a great explanation. Well, I'm sure there's, there's lots more. Oh, there's lots more. But that's a good starting point. So if the Holy Spirit is a person, not an impersonal force or influence, and the Spirit of God has personal qualities and personal functions— then we should be able to describe the Holy Spirit using some of the same characteristics we use when we talk about people. Mm -hmm. He acts like a person, and he is often treated like a person. He has a ministry like we do. He is also talked about in connection with other people, which makes him relational and personal. Okay, what are some other characteristics of the Spirit that indicate He's a person? I know there are a bunch of them. There are. There are. Let's look in the book of Acts, um, and you'll read there that the Spirit speaks to us through guidance, comfort, and commands. I think these are three easily understood things because it's what we as people do all the time. For example, parents guide their children through life lessons. They comfort them when they are hurt. And they even have to command them at times to make sure they are obedient. Which hopefully they are. Yeah, hopefully. (laughs) Um, It's important, though, to always remember that the Holy Spirit and all the things He does that we can relate to as people are done on an entirely different level than what we do because He is God. Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Something we shouldn't forget. Right. So like people, we are told that the Holy Spirit thinks and knows. In 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verse 10, It says, His Spirit searches out everything and shows us even God's deep secrets. I love this particular passage because of the reassurance that it gives me that God not only wants me to have a personal relationship with Him, but He wants me to know His deep secrets and He gives me access to them through His Holy Spirit. I don't have to go digging around for them on my own. That kind of blows me away. I know, it really does. Then in Romans... uh, 
827, we find out that the Holy Spirit has a mind and intelligence, which gives him the ability to think and have purpose. He intercedes for us. Again, notice that companionship that comes with the person of the Holy Spirit. He is there for us and ready to step in when we ask him to help us. The Holy Spirit also teaches and reminds. In John 14, 26, it says, The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all the things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Mm. And then in 1 Corinthians 2.13, it says, We impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. So these passages describe His ministry and His purpose. So that's very comforting to me. Yeah. Um, Lynn, to see how active the Holy Spirit is in mm-hmm. a variety of different ways in our lives. I particularly like that intercession part. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll see all throughout Scripture that the Holy Spirit is emotional. I love this part. Mm. That's he not can, something I ever think about. I know. I never thought about it until I started this study, but He can be affected by what others say and do. And mm. I can't think of anything that's more <laughs> human than that. No. Right? Yeah. Um, remember that I said he can be treated like a person. In Isaiah uh, 63 and in Hebrews 10, we see that he can be grieved, he can be insulted, and he Mm. can be outraged. That makes you stop and think, doesn't it? Absolutely. Am I doing something to insult or grieve the Holy Spirit? Wow. Yeah. In Romans 15.30, we're told he can give and receive love. That's very nice. In Acts 15.28, he also has the ability to make decisions and choices. Uh, back in 1 Corinthians 12, we learn that he distributes gifts individually according to his will. And in one of my all-time favorite scriptures, we are reminded that the Holy Spirit prays. In Romans eight twenty six, it says that in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Mm. That particular verse has gotten me through plenty of rough patches in my life because sometimes you you don't know what to pray for. Oh, frequently I don't. Or I'm praying for the wrong thing. Right. It's a huge comfort to know the Holy Spirit always prays in the will of God. That's exactly right. And intercedes on our behalf. So it's like he says, oh, God, don't pay any attention to that one. Here's the real prayer. And I find huge comfort in that. Yes, exactly. So the point I'm trying to make here is that the Spirit of God has personal qualities and personal functions because He is a person. Mm. Remember that the Spirit of God is God Himself present in the world of man, working out His own purposes. In Philippians 2.13, it says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. That is a lot of Scripture. Mm -hmm. Um, But I want to assure people that we're going to do a deeper dive into many of those very same verses later in the year. Uh Uh, So for right now, let's just sort of summarize, because we're going to go back to all these points. Mm -hmm. Um, The Holy Spirit is relational. Mm -hmm. He guides, comforts, and commands. Mm -hmm. He has intelligence and a mind. Mm -hmm. He thinks, knows, teaches. He has a will and a purpose. Mm -hmm. He has a ministry. Yes. He can give and receive love. He communicates and experiences emotion, and He intercedes for us. Mm -hmm. Now— 
we have all of these characteristics in common with the Holy Spirit. But there is a huge difference between us and the Holy Spirit. So let's talk for a minute about the things that differentiate us. Okay, you're right. Obviously, the the big difference is that the Holy Spirit is God and we are not. Although we forget sometimes. <laughs> yeah, in the same way that Jesus came as man, but he was different from us because he was God and he was is God and is sinless. And in that same way, the Holy Spirit is a person, but he is God. And because he is God, he has all the attributes of God. He is all powerful, all present, all knowing. He has the very mind of Christ. And that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Yep. And if you want to explore those attributes of God further, just go back to the website and do the study from two years ago. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. So when I was going through all of these scriptures about the Holy Spirit, I started thinking about what a gift it is to have Him. And I wondered what it was for me personally that drew me to Him. And the first thing that I thought of was that it's comforting that He is a person because it's so relatable. He does things that people do. Mm-hmm. But so I was like, oh, I love everything about the Holy Spirit, right? (laughs) But that just seemed like taking the easy way out. So I decided to really spend some time thinking about what in particular can draw me to Him. Now, I have a favorite blessing from Scripture that I think probably most of us are familiar with. It's from 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, verse 14. And it says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Yes, I, yeah. I love that. That's the benediction we frequently use to close our worship services. Yeah. And for me, it's like being wrapped in a warm blanket. Well, because it's that trying, it's just yes, the trying exactly. God. Well, it's the part about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit that draws me in. Because what is fellowship? It's in its very simplest form, it's hanging out with someone, you know, maybe sharing a meal, <laughs> uh, talking. But it's interacting with someone, and we have that fellowship with the Holy Spirit. He wants that relationship with us. The Holy Spirit talks to us. So my answer is, right now, what what draws me in the most Mm -hmm. is the voice of the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. So I'm a fairly early riser. Nothing crazy, but I don't sleep late. And every morning when I do when I do get up, I make myself a cup of tea and then I spend some time in quiet reflection, Bible study and prayer, but not immediately. For as far back as I can remember, when I wake up, I lie quietly in bed. Now that may not seem unusual, but I lie there for what most people would consider a significant amount of time. It's it can be at least 30 minutes. It's always at least 30 minutes, but it sometimes can be longer than that. That's a significant amount of time. It's a significant amount of time. And I've always woken up early and I've always done that. Stayed in bed. Yeah. And I didn't think it was weird because it's something that I've always done. But (laughs) my husband commented on it one time. He was like, I don't understand. He thinks it's weird. He's like, you either wake up and get up or you just sleep longer. (laughs) Um, And honestly, I didn't know why I did either. And when he said that to me, I was like, why do I do this? And when I thought about it, what I realized is that is truly the only quiet time of my day. Mm. It's usually still dark out. The house and the neighborhood are still quiet. No one is talking. 
my brain has not kicked into gear and started filling my mind with all the things that need to be done. Mm-hmm. And you're not doing anything. And I'm not doing anything. In fact, it is my time to listen for mm-hmm. that still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. And over the years, it really has helped me to recognize the Spirit when He speaks to me. Mm-hmm. Because I've had to hear that voice over and over again to recognize it, which well, made me start— and, and you're listening for it at that Listening point. for it, absolutely. Yeah. So I started thinking about people and their voices. Now, I don't think a voice is usually the first thing I remember about someone. I'm more visual. I'm more likely to remember what they look like Mm -hmm. than what they sound like. But eventually, we all know a voice can become like a signature. You and I have heard it about this podcast. Yeah, People say we have very distinct voices. I just haven't gone through life hearing that. Or not in a good way, anyway. And they do recognize us by our voices. And they recognize us by our voices. So they've become like a signature. And so when you think about this, when you meet someone or you talk to someone for the first time on the phone, they always introduce themselves. Hi, this is Lynn, mm-hmm. you know. But after a few phone calls, that usually stops. It's, it's more like, hi, how are you doing today? Because the fact is, after a few phone calls, you, you start to recognize sure. the voice. You have learned what, what that voice sounds like, and it identifies them without having to see them. There have even been studies done on newborn infants. And I mean, like, immediately when they're born, when they immediately come out. That brand when new. The, brand new. When the mom starts talking, that the newborn will actually turn their head mm. towards the voice. Because that's the voice that they've heard constantly for all those months in the womb. And they recognize it. And they know it. They know that is her. They know that is her voice. That is what I want. That Mm. is what I want for all of us, not just for myself. I want us to know that voice of the Holy Spirit above all the other voices that are making noise all day long. I want His voice to be the one that I turn my head to and Mm. I turn my heart to. Mm. That is a beautiful image, like a newborn, Mm -hmm. that we turn our faces toward the one whose voice is familiar. Uh-huh. That is, that's, that's fabulous. I, Lynn, I want to, I want to linger on that just a moment. You said something a while ago that triggered something for me. You said the Holy Spirit is a gift. Uh-huh. And remember when Jesus said, it's better for you that I go away. Yeah. So what he's saying is the Spirit is better for you than mm-hmm. I am. Can mm-hmm. you imagine that? I know. I, that, that is amazing. Well, if this is a better gift that God has given, given us Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit, then that's important for us to learn to know Him, to learn His voice, to to step into that and to be sensitive to that so that we know when it is the Spirit speaking, right? Right. Um, I've had several people in my life who who have or had had very distinctive voices. I had a cousin from Louisiana, and you could hear him laugh three miles away. <laughs> it was just joy personified. And of course, my mother, oh, yes. you know, you think of those. It, the, the tone and tenor of her voice told me without words mm-hmm. what she was thinking mm-hmm. and feeling. And my heart was tuned yeah. to those voices. Mm-hmm. I could distinguish those two voices in a crowded room of people talking and laughing and making noise and I could pick out those two. Yeah. That's what you're saying is you want to be able to get rid of the noise and the chaff of mm-hmm. what's going on around us mm-hmm. and hear that voice of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Be so in tune with Him, you can hear it anywhere. I love that. 
Um, so here's a question for our friends to ponder this week. Mm-hmm. How would you describe the voice of the Holy Spirit? Oh, that'd be interesting. I want to hear what some of these responses are Oh, me are too. To I'm going to have to think about that. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, um, I'll throw in another question. Since we will be talking a lot about our relationship with the Holy Spirit this year, think about if there is a particular characteristic of the Holy Spirit as a person that draws you in. And if there is, what is it? And if there isn't, if you've never thought about it before, is there something that you heard today that you might be able to start looking for to identify Mm. that voice of the Holy Spirit? Well, that is our prayer for this next week, that we may all listen, look, hear, and see the Spirit. Until next time.